Hello, and welcome to the teaching ministry of Impact Family Church. For more information, including service times and directions, or to find out more about us, you can visit our website at www.impactfamilychurch.com. We trust you'll be blessed by today's message. Hallelujah. Let's just pray, uh, and um, then we'll get into what God has for us tonight. Father, we come before you. We're just grateful. We're so grateful for your presence tonight. We're grateful where two or more are gathered in the wonderful name of Jesus. You're dwelling there in the midst that you inhabit the praises of your people. Father, just on every turn, you're looking to be here with us, with your people, with your children. And Father, we thank you and honor the corporate gathering that, that you call us to, Father God, what we call church. Father, we're, we honor the opportunity to come together as a family of God. We receive the call of God to come together and to be strengthened by one another and to give glory and honor to you and to leave out of here different and changed in the way we came in. Father, we don't take tonight lightly because, Father, we, we didn't just decide to get together out of the natural or because it's a, 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 a habit. Father, we received a call on the inside that says, come, come, come gather together with the family of God for it's the call of the church to gather together and to minister to the Lord and to minister to one another and as you gather and as you honor the place that you gather and as you honor the service then you will receive great and mighty things from the Lord so think it not uh, lightly about when you gather together for the spirit of God has anointed these times and has declared and ordained these times for, for him, him to reveal himself and to show himself good and to show himself strong and so when you gather gather with an expectation gather with a heartfelt desire and seek the Lord with all of your heart when you come for he longs to show up amongst his people oh yes he's showing up in many areas all across the world but he's also ordained the gathering together of the family of God so that he can show himself good and faithful and loving and powerful and, and, and move amongst his people for his glory longs to dwell in the house of the Lord and so look to the place of gathering as a place of honor and expectation oh for he is good and he longs to show himself good amongst his people hallelujah father we thank you we honor that we honor that we thank you that we gather together with expectation tonight we already have and father we continue to and we say bless the teaching of your word in in the name of jesus amen Hallelujah. Well, um, pastor asked me uh, last week to finish up what I started on uh, last Sunday night. And so we just want to jump in. Um, if you weren't here last Sunday night, it's on um, online and you can order a CD and, and what have you if you want to catch up or you feel like you're, you, you're lost behind. Um, also, I mentioned last week that uh, Pastor Greg did a real good uh, in-depth teaching on honor um, a few uh, weeks or months ago. Um, and so if you're looking to get a little more information than what I'm uh, delivering tonight or last week, uh, you can go back and find that. Amen. Because we want, we're, what we're talking about tonight is a culture of honor. Amen. And so we want to um, 
We want to make sure that we're, our hearts are, are open and our hearts are hungry to develop the things of God that he desires to see here on earth. Amen. We want to be expectant. The Bible says in Matthew chapter 6 and verse 33, it says, Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. So if, if, if he's asking us to seek first the kingdom of God and seek first the, 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 his righteousness, his way of doing I I like uh, what one translation says, seek first his kingdom and his way of doing things. Amen. There, you know that the kingdom of God has a different way of doing things than the natural world. And we have to make sure that we're giving attention to the things that, that the spirit of God is leading us into and, and trying to develop here on earth because uh, uh, if not, we'll be caught in the current of the way of this world. We'll be caught in the current of the way that the world is going. And how many know there is a current uh, uh, that the world is taking, and we're not trying to be in that current. Amen. But there's also, uh, I'll say this because I don't want to glorify what the enemy's doing. I, I want to glorify what God's doing. There's also a current of what God is doing. And, you know, it's just as easy to, to yield to the current of God as it is to yield to the current of the enemy. You just have to decide. I said you just have to decide. See, sometimes we, we, we put... Uh, a little too much attention on what the enemy's doing and the and the current that because the the word says that you know in the last days things will get darker but it also says the church will grow brighter I said it also says the church will grow brighter. So there's some things that God is trying to do and looking to do in the church and in his body, amen, that, that will cause us to actually shine brighter and, and be a bigger beacon in these last days. And so there's a current of things that God is doing, and we want to yield and make sure that we're yielding to that current because if you don't make a conscious choice, you'll end up yielding to that current that's, that is of the world, and we're not going that direction, amen. Look at your neighbor say, I'm not going that direction. Amen. Hallelujah. We're, we're going the current of, of what God is doing. Amen. And so I want to talk a little bit, a bit about honor. Let's turn over um, first uh, to uh, our kind of main text, Proverbs chapter 4 um, and verse 20. And as you're turning there, I just want to read um, the latter part of 1 Samuel chapter 2 and verse 30. You can write that down. You don't have to have to turn to it, but the, um, it says here, for those who, this is God speaking, it says, for those who honor me, I will honor, and those who despise me, they will be lightly esteemed. And that word um, despise and lightly esteemed, those are, those are basically the same word. Uh, uh, I don't know why they translated them differently there, but, but those who, you could say, because I, I think we all find, find uh, that we would say, none of us despise the things of God, Right? There would be nobody who says, oh, I just despise the things of God. But how many of you know lightly esteem to God is despising? Lightly esteem. Those who lightly esteem me or lightly esteem the things that I'm doing or lightly esteem the, the, my plans and my purposes, those that lightly esteem my word, those that lightly esteem. See, lightly esteem sounds so much more nice and sweet than despise, Right? Because you could say, I, 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 I despise that person, and people are like, ooh. You could say, you know, I kind of lightly esteem them, you know. And everyone's like, yeah, you know, I can see where you're coming from. You know? No, the, it, to God, <laughs> it's, it's the same word there, lightly esteem and despise, because uh, how many know God is an absolute God? Hallelujah. He is who he is. Amen. And, and, and you know, Jesus said it this way, if you love me, you keep my commandments. 
Hallelujah. There's a response of love and a response of honor. And we want to make sure that we're honoring God because those who honor him, he promises us that he will honor us. And we will, when we are honoring him, that means that we get to be recipients of the honor of God upon our lives. And how many know with the honor of God, when God honors you, hallelujah, when God chooses to honor you, then, there, then there's favor and there's blessing and there's, there's glory and there's power and there's anointing, there's freedom, there, there's the things that we, our hearts desire when God chooses to honor you. When you're honoring him, he chooses to honor you in response, amen. Uh, uh, and then you get to experience what it's like for God to honor you, amen. And we want that, amen. Say, I want that. Um, in uh, chapter 20, we're back over in Proverbs chapter 4 and verse 20. It says, my son, give attention to my words. Incline your ears to my sayings. Do not let them depart from your eyes, but keep them in the midst of your heart. For they are life to those who find them, and they are health to all their flesh. Keep your heart, or, or one, uh, the old King James says, guard your heart. I like that better. With all diligence, for out of it springs the issues of life. Put away from you a deceitful mouth, uh, and put perverse lips far from you. Let your eyes look straight ahead and your eyelids look right before you. Ponder the path of your feet and let all your ways be established. Amen. Do not turn to the right or to the left. Remove your foot from evil. Amen. I want to be established. Glory to God in the presence of God, in the plan of God, in the purpose of God. And that's what we're talking about tonight. Amen. So we're talking about some ways to ensure the, that we're operating in a culture of honor. We talked last week about guarding your heart, and that's about all I got to. So um, we won't go there again because we, we want to move on. Amen. Um, but um, number two, if you're taking notes and you're continuing uh, notes, uh, number two is recognize who deserves honor. You know, we can, if we're not careful, we can, we can, um, just give honor to whom honors do in our own estimation, but not give honor to all who God says honor is due. Right? You know, we can honor the people that mean a lot to us or, or friends or, or things like that. But, but we need to find out from the word of God. Because, see, that's, that's what this Proverbs is saying. It says, give attention to my words. So we have to give attention and find out. That's why we, we talked about honoring the word of God last week. Because if we don't honor what this says, then, then we won't do what this says. And then we won't experience what this says. And then we'll run around wondering why, why uh, we're not experiencing all that God promises, but it's because we're not putting into motion or putting into practice and honoring that which God has said. But when you honor what God has honored, when you honor what he honors, then what do you receive? Honor. That means you receive what he's looking to give you, right? Amen. So we're honoring uh, uh, the word of God. And so we want to find out who is it that, that deserves honor? Well, obviously we know God deserves honor, right? But like we said last week, honor is not just a feeling. I said honor is not just a feeling. Honor is a response. And so we can say, I honor you, God. I, I honor you. But, um, but are we responding in, in kind to the, what we're saying? Is there a response? You know, we have to judge our own lives and say, is my life honoring God? Is my actions honoring God? Are, are what I, I deem uh, valuable honoring God? Is what I put my, this is a big one, what, what I put my time in, does that honor God? 
I said, what I put my time in, not just on Sundays or, or on Wednesdays or maybe even Monday nights. What I'm putting my time in, does that honor God? Does that bring honor to him? Am I doing it as unto the Lord or, or am I doing it in my own strength? Am I, am I participating with, with things that are natural and leaving God at, at the side, you know, uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday during the day, and then I kind of get back in the motion on, on, on Saturday because I'm getting ready to come on Sunday. What is, you, you know, we only, we have to judge our own lives. I'm not with you. You're not with me, but we have to judge ourselves and say, are we really honoring God? Is our heart, is our, is our heart really honoring God? Are we really responding to him? Amen. In a place of honor, are we really living a life that's laid down for him and that's useful for the master's work? Are we really building up kingdom rewards of things that have value and that last? Amen. Because you can build a lot of things in this life and you can put your time and your honor into a lot of things. But the Bible says that when you stand before him, only the things of gold and silver will last. Everything else will be burned up in, by fire. And you can, you can build a whole lot of things in this life. And if you're not careful, you have a whole mound of things and your time is mounded with all kinds of things, with all kinds of adventures and all kinds of, 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 of uh, hobbies and, and vacations and, and, and good things. We're not calling those things bad, but maybe even good things. But how many you know just because something's good doesn't mean it's God? And we can mound our lives up with things that, that are good in, in, in a lot of ways and maybe even would be good under the direction of the Lord. But if we're not seeking him, you know, I'm reminded of, of the story um, that, that Jesus said. There, there's one that, that said, uh, um, I'm going to go and do this and I'm, I'm going to go and, and buy a piece of land. I'm going to go and sell and I'm going to go and trade. And, 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 God, and Jesus said he's, he's a fool because he doesn't even know if tomorrow is promised. He should first say if the Lord is willing, I will. And I think a lot of times we get ourselves involved in different things uh, uh, and we say we are honoring God, but we don't seek him. We're not seeking first the kingdom of God and saying, God, would you have me be involved with this? Is this something that's going to bring honor and glory unto you? Is this something that's going to create an eternal reward? Am I using this as a way to, to store up eternal rewards? Or is this just something that's going to suck life out of, out of me or suck energy out of me? Because there's things in life that will just suck energy. They just suck your time. And, and, and they may be good, but how many know that, that many times you can do those things and not leave refreshed, not leave like blessed by it. Uh, it's just you're more tired than you were before you got involved with those things. Right? But when God is in it, when you add things because you said, God, is it your will that, that I do this? Is it your will that, that I'm, gonna, I'm not going to step on any toes. Uh, is it your will that my kids be involved with this activity or that activity? Is it your will that, that we take our family here and there and everywhere? Or is it just something that, yes, God wants to give you the desires of your heart. But here's the thing. Many times those things aren't actually the true desires of your heart. They're just the desires of your flesh. And we, we desire things of the flesh that actually sometimes get us into routines and habits that are keeping us out away from our, the desires of our true heart. And we wonder why we're not satisfied. And we wonder why we're not actually uh, uh, refreshed by any of these things. Don't shout me down because I'm preaching good. Can I be real tonight? We ought to seek the Lord and honor him with our time because God, we only have so much time in every day. 
You only have so much time. There, that's one resource that, that, that we, can, we cannot multiply. You know, there's a few, well, I'll take that back. God can do anything. And there are a few times in the word where time was multiplied. But I, I just have this inkling that God's maybe not going to stop the sun so that you can get from here, there, and everywhere, running around like a chicken with your head cut off, and not honoring him, but just doing the things that you've put on your list to do. Just, I, I'm just thinking maybe not. I don't know. But God, God has given us time and he calls us to steward the things that he's given us with honor for his kingdom, seeking first his kingdom and his righteousness so that things can be added to us. And, and sometimes we get into a place where we're seeking and seeking and seeking, but things aren't being added and we think we're seeking God, but we're not. We need to check up and say, are we truly honoring God? Is our time truly honoring him? Is our actions truly honoring him? Is our mouths truly honoring him? Is our thought processes truly honoring him? All right, I'll move on. Everyone's just, well. <laughs> Thank you, Miss Iris, I will. Because um, the, the response of honor towards God is obedience and submission. Hallelujah. I said the response of honor to God is obedience and submission. But here's the neat thing. God doesn't ever call us into something because he's just trying to, like, twist our arm and get us, like, in a place where it's not good. The Bible says that those that are willing and obedient eat the good of the land. It says that if, if you are willing and obedient, you will eat the good of the land. But we cannot, we cannot be only partly obedient and wonder why we're not eating the good of the land. We can't be just willing. You know, uh, I, was, I was actually, I have to give credit where credit's due. Um, Julia was preaching in uh, youth on senior night. I don't know, maybe it was Jamie. It was Jamie. Oh, man, Jamie's the spiritual one. Praise God. Uh, it was actually Jamie. And, um, <laughs> and she, she was preaching, um, and she was sharing out of that scripture that those that are willing and obedient, we eat the good of the land. And she said, you know, that, that word willing doesn't just mean just, oh, okay, it means, it means excited or, 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 or uh, expectant. And, and I was like, ooh. Have you ever found yourself from the American point of view, willing, like I'm willing, you know, your wife wants to go to one steakhouse and you'd rather have Chinese, but you're, will, you're, you're willing to go to the steakhouse because you know you're going to hear about it if you don't, right? Um, and so you're, you're, you're willing and you're obedient, you know, and, and, you, and you do it. And you go to the steakhouse and you're like, ah, I didn't really want steak, but okay, it's a meal and I get to see my wife, so whatever. Um, you know, you're, you're willing and obedient. That, that's our definition of willing. But that's not what the Bible's talking about, being willing. The Bible's talking about being willing from a standpoint of being eager, eager and obedient. 
The Bible says that 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 uh, God picked out uh, um, Abraham because he ha- he had a loyal heart. Or one translation said he was wholehearted. He was wholehearted. That's what God's talking about. If you are wholehearted and obedient, you will eat the good of the land. Amen. And that's what looks like honor to God when you are wholehearted about what He's asked you to do and you're obedient. Amen. You're not just because we can also be excited and 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 wholehearted but not follow through with obedience. I mean, you know that equals not good of the land. You can't, you can't be obedient and not wholehearted, and you can't be wholehearted and not obedient. You have to have both things involved in order to eat the fullness of what God is trying and calling to get for you to have and to get to you. Amen. And we can't be disappointed when we're not eating those eating of the good of the land when we can look back and say, yeah, I've been willing, but I really haven't been obedient or I've been obedient, but but my willingness. Come on. Sometimes we get, we stay obedient, but we leave our willingness behind somewhere back down the road. You can see there there there's my my willingness. See, I've been obedient for the last year doing the things God's called me to do, but my willingness got left somewhere in the back because I got disheartened or I got discouraged or I got frustrated. And so you left your willingness back there. God's saying, go pick up the willingness again. Glory to God. If you have to go all the way back where where you left it, glory to God and find and camp out and get excited and get willing again. Glory to God and get excited about what God called you to do in the first place and and quit looking at this thing to the left and looking at that thing to the right and go ahead and get, get excited about the thing that he called you to do come on because passion is not just a feeling passion is a choice and you can go ahead and camp right where God called you to be and get excited about the things that he's called you to do and you can go ahead and have a party right where he called you to be and get willing again so that you can be willing and obedient and then you can move forward and then you're moving forward with the good of the land 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 because somebody, somebody thought that they were walking through the valley of the shadow of death because the good is dried up. You just need to get back and find where your willingness was left off. Come on, I said, you need to get back and find where your willingness fell off. Get back in the willingness, glory to God, and, get, and combine that with the obedience. Then the good of the land will start happening again. Woo! Hallelujah! Come on, get, get that willingness back. Get that willingness back. Come on, it's your choice. It's not God doesn't need to rain down special anointing. Come on, you don't need a special fire or a special flame or a new encouragement or a fresh word. Come on, you just need to make the choice. You know what? I'm not that willing anymore. You know what? I've just been kind of selfish lately. You know what? I've just been concerned about what I like. I've just been kind of interested in how I would do things if I was the music minister. You know, if I was the pastor, if I was the lead usher, I would. I know if I was directing this department, we would. Come on, you need to get back and find where your willingness left off. You need to find your willingness because God didn't call you here just to be obedient. Come on, we can be obedient and be hiding all kinds of unwillingness. And you're not hurting anybody but yourself. 
You're not cutting anybody's supply off but yourself. You're not cutting anybody's good off except for yours. And it's not a good place to be, but I'm just encouraging you tonight. There's a place, a camp where there's lots of good back where your willingness fell off. Come on, get back to the camp. Woo! <laughs> I said get back to the camp and find your willingness. Glory to God. And when you combine that with your obedience, mm, my, my, my. Come on, sometimes you got to get your willingness back week after week for, for a moment. Sometimes there's seasons when, come on, you ever been there, Pastor, when you were talking about uh, 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 there were several years where you would get up in the pulpit and just feel like you want to run out the door? I bet every, the next Sunday you had to get your willingness back. Come on. Well, you know, if you, if you were in my shoes, I'm not trying to be unsympathetic, but Jesus was in your shoes. He was tempted with all things, and yet, come on, and he's made you just like him. You have the right, and you have the ability, and you have the grace upon your life to get willing right where God's called you. And your effectiveness will go up. Come on, your purpose will begin to be realized again. Anybody ever re-encouraged re themselves in their willingness and found their purpose again? See, the enemy's after your destiny. And so he, he comes after, after your thought life with, well, that, you know, that service wasn't that great. Or, or, or that, you know, that, that worker's not being that, that sweet to me. Or this, this. Come on, he's coming after. Rec let's recognize. I know I'm not trying to go back to the, the point before, but you got to guard yourself from those kinds of things because the enemy comes in sneakily to try to steal your destiny and steal you out of your place of effectiveness and take away your purpose. He's not having my purpose. But if you choose to honor God above what you think and above, above what you feel, woo, that safeguards us from falling prey to these things. It safeguards us from falling prey to the design of the enemy and, and his, his attacks. I, I, I don't want to leave any open doors. Amen. So we know we got to honor God, right? Hallelujah. Um, True honor flows from the heart. It's a matter of faith. I'm going to say that again because, because that might be the first time you've ever heard that. It says, I said, true honor flows from the heart. It's a matter of faith. You can choose by faith to honor. Not only can you, you should. We honor people and we honor what God's doing because we honor him. Not because we feel honor, not because everyone's honorable, but because God said, because the word says, and because we trust him and what his word says over what we feel. Well, this is faith, people. We, we want to be, we, we, I, I say this all the time to the music team. We, we call, you know, we say, God, I, I want to be more like Jesus. Jesus, I want to be more like you. Make me more like you. Make me, make me more useful to you. Shape me, mold me, change me. And those are awesome things to cry out. And what we want to happen is, is for the, 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 the clouds to open up and Jesus to come down with his glory and his honor and to lay his hands upon our head and say, Be thou made more like me, my child. And then we, oh, hallelujah. I'm not annoyed with my brother over at the church anymore. 
But how many of you know that the very cry of our heart to make us more like him will bring opportunities for us to be like him? You wonder why all of a sudden things are getting on your nerves or somebody's getting on your, on your, on your, on your nerves and, and you're, not, you're frustrated with this or frustrated with that. Maybe because of that prayer you prayed, Jesus, make me more like you, you invited opportunities to be like Christ into your life. By the trying of our faith, we are perfected. Come on, by the trying of our faith. What, well, well, yeah, but I just thought that would mean I, I would need to believe God for a new car or something. No, sometimes it's, it's, it's getting back willing. Amen. Sometimes it's getting back and, and, and giving honor where you've left it off. Glory to God. And, and there's opportunities where you would like to be to, to dishonor, but God's given you an opportunity to respond in faith, be like Jesus, and honor anyway. Amen. So we want to we want to find out who who is worthy of honor. God's worthy of honor. That's number 1. God's worthy of all honor. Let's turn over to Romans chapter 13. Hallelujah. This is a good one. Y'all love the word? You believe the word? All the word? Somebody in Faith Island, tell me what the memory verse was this week. Anybody remember it? All scriptures are of God. Oh, she's not in Faith Island. Sorry. Anybody in Faith Island? All scriptures are of God. Amen. Y'all believe that. Okay, uh, Romans chapter 13. It says, verse 1, let every soul be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except from God. And the authorities that are exist are appointed by people. Oh. And the authorities that are exist are appointed by democracy. No. It says the authorities that exist are appointed by who? By God. Therefore, whoever resists the authority resists the ordinance of God, and those who resist will bring what? Judgment among them, uh, upon themselves. For the rulers are not a terror to good works, but to evil. Do you want to be unafraid of the authority? Do what is good, and you will receive praise from the same. For he is God's minister to you for good. But if you do evil, be, af- be afraid. For he does not bear the sword in vain. For he is God's minister, an avenger to execute wrath on him who practices evil. Therefore, you should, uh, it would be neat to, su- to be subject. No, it says, therefore, you must be subject, not only because of wrath, but also for conscience sake. For because of this, you you pay taxes, for they are God's ministers that attending continually to this very thing. Render, therefore, to all their due. Taxes to whom taxes are due. Customs to whom customs. Fear to whom fear. And what? Honor to whom honor. Amen. Does this say that uh, uh, it, it would be a neat idea to be subject to those that are in authority? No, it says, let every soul. Yeah, but I don't agree with them. 
Oh, I didn't see that in there. Let's read what the Amplified says. Don't you love when the Amplified just amplifies things? It says, let every person be loyally subject to the governing authorities. For there is no authority except from God by his permission and his sanction. And those that exist do so by God's appointment. Therefore, he who resists and set himself up against the authorities resists what God has appointed and arranged in his divine order. Amen. We're talking about wanting God's kingdom. Amen. And those who resist will bring down judgment upon themselves, receiving the penalty due to them. For the civil authorities are not a terror to people of good conduct, but to those of bad behavior. Would you have no dread? Uh, would you have no dread of him who is an authority? Question mark. Then do what is right, and you will receive his approval, and 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 uh, you will receive his approval. For he is God's servant for good. But if you do wrong, you should dread him and be afraid. For he does not bear uh, and and wear the sword for nothing. He is God's servant to execute wrath, punishment, vengeance on the wrongdoer. Therefore, one must be subject not only to avoid God's wrath or judgment and escape punishment, but also as a matter of principle and for the sake of conscience. For this same reason, you pay taxes. For the civil authorities are official servants under God, devoting themselves to attending this very service. Render to all men their due. Pay taxes to whom taxes are due. Revenue to whom revenues due, internal revenue service, uh, respect to whom respect is due, and honor to whom honors due. Amen. Uh, this doesn't doesn't seem that uh, vague to me, does it to you? Um, the government and the authority that God has set up in motion deserves our honor. We are in a we are, and I'm, the reason I'm bringing this up is because we are in a in a time where dishonor for people that are that are serving as as, as public servants is at an all time high, all time high. It's been at an all all time high for about fifteen or twenty years. Uh, television is just filled with people bad mouthing this this person, bad mouthing that person, uh, uh, speaking har- harm and ill will and and, and slander, and there's just, it's just everywhere. It's the it's the world system, but God's system is a is a system of honor. I said, ooh, I didn't get any hardly one amen. I said God's system is a system of honor. And by faith, we can choose to honor the position. See, not everybody who is in office or in government is honorable, right? We know that. I mean, that's not a, I mean, that's not a newsflash, right? But the position, the, the place that God has put them in, that, that office is an honorable office. And I, I just have, have had God stirring and working in me that if we're going to see blessing and righteousness and right doing come out of the office of those places, then we need to begin to honor those offices. We need to respect and honor the offices and, and, and by doing so, not speaking ill will against those that, that hold those offices. But the power of life and death is in the tongue and those who love it will eat the fruit of it. And so what if instead of speaking ill will against those that God has allowed to, to, to be in those places of authority, instead of speaking ill will and disagreement and frustration about them, we switch to speaking life and righteousness and 
and justice and began to speak truth over them and began to declare that office is an office of God. And so it will be righteous and it will be holy and good decisions will come out of this place. And, and God's glory will be revealed and, and it won't just continue to get worse and worse and worse, but it's going to be turned around for truth and for good. See, re- honor has a response. And so we have to respond by declaring truth and speaking and praying the things out about those offices that God has ordained to be in those offices. Amen? And many times it's so much easier to complain. Right? Well, I can't believe, and did you hear? And, and, and I'm not saying we don't have a right, you know, as Americans to voice, voice our opinion. But sometimes we have to lay our rights aside as Americans to pick up our responsibility of a kingdom. We're part of a kingdom before we're Americans. We're part of God's family before we're Democrat or Republican. Right? And we have a right and a responsibility to honor those positions. I was, um, this was... I don't know, a year and a half, two years ago, I don't know, I, the end of President Obama's administration. And I, was, I, I, I had a spiritual dream. And in the dream, I was gathered together with, with a bunch of people in the body of Christ. I couldn't see anybody's faces, so nobody, nobody freak out. I, if we were just, I, I could only, you know, God doesn't tell you other people's business, but he tells you yours. But he, he, we, I, was, I was at this gathering, and it was a, it was a civic gathering with, with different ministers and different uh, speakers. And, and then President Obama was, a, was the keynote speaker. And, um, and in, that, in, that, in that event, you know, different preachers were getting up and speaking about, you know, what God, God wanted to do in America. And all these different things it was very positive. And then President Obama got in, up to speak. And whoever was running sound, it wasn't any of our sound guys, um, but whoever was running sound, when he would get up to speak, would turn up static. And, and so every time he'd speak, static would turn up. And he wouldn't be able to get his words out. And then people started kind of cheering and getting excited because they were, they were silencing, you know, silencing his voice. And so he, he hung his head and walked off stage. And everybody afterwards, and like I said, there were, I didn't see any faces because God doesn't show, show other people's business. He shows you yours. Amen. And, and, and so afterward, I was gathered with some people. And, and they were saying, man, we shut him up. He wasn't going to preach the word. He wasn't going to say what, what God had to say. So we, we shut them up, and, and they were kind of excited. And in the dream, I was just so grieved. I was so heavy in heart. And, and I woke up from the dream, and, and the Spirit of God said, many things that I longed to do during that administration were cut short because you and the church didn't pray like you should have. How many of you know I, I repented? I repented. I didn't agree with President Obama on everything. And I let that become a short circuit from me honoring the office. And the Lord went on to say, the church has forgotten how to honor the office of the president. Has forgotten how to honor. the. How many know if you don't have honor, you can't use authority? 
We cannot use our authority that God has given us to make change in this nation and make change in our politics and make and call down the righteousness of God. I want to see righteousness in politics again, don't you? Man, no matter the party, no man, what amazing thing it would be if, if no matter where you placed your vote, there was a righteous man or woman standing in that place. And you could just say, man, who do I pick? There's just too many good choices. I don't know about you, but I've been to the ballot before and say, I don't know who to choose. I don't want any of of them, but I got to pick somebody. Anyone been there? I got to pick somebody because, man, there's just not that many good choices. Well, what if we were we had a place where righteousness reigned in our politics and you didn't know who to choose because there was too many good choices? Well, if we don't begin to honor the office, you know, uh, uh, I don't I don't agree with everything President Trump does. But I'll tell you one thing. When when that when I had that dream and God spoke that to me, he said, I'm holding you and the church responsible. I made a change right there and I began to pray for the remainder of, of his of his office time. And I didn't care who was going to get into office. I didn't care who it was. I was going to spend time on my knees praying for who was going to get into office. Because God is not done with America. I said, God's not done with America. There's still revival that needs to hit this land. There's still, still too many people that need to know Jesus. There's still too many. See, I'm not just talking about a concept uh, of just a good feeling or something, respect that we should show to one another. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about beginning to operate in kingdom principles so that we can have our effectiveness and walk out the things that God has anointed us to walk out. Because there is a, a, a lost and dying world that needs the church to rise up in the presence of God and rise up in the glory of God and rise up in the principles of this word and walk them out and live them out like Jesus did so that we can represent well the kingdom of God and call to heaven glory to God to earth so that we see the change in our government the change in our social status uh, our social issues change not because because we got up and picketed thank God if we need to do that we can do that but 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 not because of that but because we declared out of our mouths the truth of the word of God and we honored those that God put into office and because we did we were able to have authority to speak and to declare and to bring the things that God has designed for those offices to be. Amen. We want righteousness in our judicial system. We want righteousness in our presidential office. We want, man, God has ordained the, the, the president's office, the office of president to, to be a leader in the world. To be a leader, not, it's not by mistake that they call the office of the president the leader of the free world. That's an awesome responsibility. And the president, no matter who they are, needs the church backing them. Because he's leading the free world in a direction. And the direction that the president leads the free world is based upon the authority of the church. I said the direction that the president is leading the free world, God holds the church responsible. I know that's not fun. And it may be like, ooh, I haven't prayed much for that. That's why we're talking about these things. The pastor, like pastor said this morning, man, the, God is looking for a church that will rise up. That will rise up and take their place. This is part of rising up. 
So every week I spend time praying over the office of the president, praying over President Trump because he's holding that office. I pray over his cabinet. I pray that God would open up uh, men and women of God to have, to have his ear so, he, so, that, so that they could speak to him and declare truth. And, and, and Because no matter, no matter the president, they all seek spiritual guidance. Did you know that? They all have ones that they call on for spiritual guidance. What if we prayed so the right spiritual guidance got the ears of the president? so that they would speak and hear the things that God is declaring. Amen. There's, there's prophets in the land that, that have the ear of the president and, and have that opportunity. There, there's ministers of God that have that place. And we, we need to declare and speak that God would be able to use them and that their ears would be open to hear. Amen. We can see change in the, in the, in the political system if we choose to honor the office that they're standing in. Hallelujah. God, God has ordained these things, and he's not ordained them just because uh, he didn't have anything better to do. He ordained these, these authorities in our, in, in our lives because he, he wants to give us the, the opportunity to represent him well. Amen? Who else deserves, deserves honor? Your pastors deserve honor. And, and I have this here. Your pastors deserve honor and submission. If, if the government leaders, mm, hallelujah, you know, God uses men and women in our lives as opportunities to show honor and to give sub- submission to because that's the way he does things. And he gives you an opportunity to submit to man in order to show your submission to him. Did you know that? Let's turn over to 1 Thessalonians real quick. I know this isn't necessarily rejoicing stuff, but God honors those that honor him. There's reward and honor. Amen. And we want it all. We want all that God has, to, has for us, right? Um, hallelujah. What did I say? 1 Corinthians chapter 5. Oh, okay, First Thessalonians, good, because that's where I'm at. Praise God. <laughs> um, it says in verse, in verse 12, it says, we urge you, brethren. That sounds like something that's important to Paul. We urge you, brethren, to recognize those who labor among you and are over you in the Lord and admonish you. Are there people over you in the Lord? I know in America we don't like that kind of language. But ain't nobody over me. I chose to come to this church, and I chose to do what I, and I got the right to. Are there people that are over you in the Lord? According to the word of God, there are people that God has set over you. Say, they are people over me in the Lord. Not at your house. We're not talking about weird stuff or, or anything. Not at your house. Not not telling you what to do with your, with your car payment or what kind of car to have. Well, Joby, you ought not have that truck that you just got, you know. Go sell it. No, we're not talking about that. But in the Lord, they're, they're over you. How many know that that's talking about pastors? Hallelujah. You honor me, I'll honor you, the Bible says. That's what God says. And so uh, let, um, let me finish reading verse, uh, that verse. 
uh, recognize those that labor and are over you in the Lord and admonish you and to esteem them very highly in what? For their work's sake. Let's read that again. To esteem them very highly in love for their work's sake. Amen. Be at peace among yourselves. Uh, let's turn over to First uh, John chapter 4 and verse 20. Honor and love are closely related. Right? First John chapter 4 and verse 20 it says, If someone says, I love God and hates his brother, he's a liar. For he who does not love his brother whom he has seen, how can he love God whom he has not seen? Let's, let's just put this. He who says he honors God but doesn't honor his pastor, he is a liar. For he who does not honor his pastor does not honor God because he's not seen God. Would that fit there? Am I stretching the scriptures by, by tying those principles together? No, the, the, the Bible is very clear that love and honor are, are tied together. And love is not a feeling. The Bible kind of love is not a feeling. Honor is not a feeling. It's a choice because God has ordained something. God has ordained that pastors be in our lives for a purpose. Because you would need somebody to submit to, one of the reasons. Because there's, you won't work certain things out of your flesh unless you have somebody to submit to. Right? There's some things that would just, and, and, and I heard one minister say, and, and I think this is, this is, this is kind of good. He said there's, there's a lot of people in today's society that are fleeing the, the, the body of Christ and going to home groups where there's no accountability because they, they don't want to submit their flesh to a pastor. I don't know about you, but I've had to submit my flesh to my pastor a time or two. Have you? Well, you should. If not, you're probably not moving forward in God. Submit, having to submit is not a sign of doing something wrong. It's a sign that you're moving in, the, in a direction where God can trust you to crucify your flesh so he can take you to another thing. Come on. I'm speaking some good things. These things will help you. God, God uh, has chosen to, to, call, to, to use men and women that he has appointed in all kinds of areas. What about your boss? Could your boss be, a, be someone that you, you would have to submit to? Uh, we won't go there for time's sake, but there's, you can write down Colossians chapter 3, verse 18 through 24. Ephesians chapter 6, verse, uh, verses 5 through 9. God, God has ordained bosses. To give you opportunities to submit your flesh. Right? God has ordained, ordained people so that he could use them to help refine you. And that's a good thing. Because when you choose to honor by faith, right? Hallelujah. Thank God that we have leaders who are honorable. Amen? But, but God has asked us to, to do that. What about parents? All the kids. All the teenagers. Uh, parents. You know, we know in, uh, it says, children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with what? Promise. 
It's neat to me that the first commandment with promise has honor attached to it. God's, God values honor. Amen. Um, we, can, we can go on more and more. First uh, Peter chapter, let's turn real quick to First Peter chapter 5 and verse 5. When you're there, say hallelujah. It says, likewise, you younger people, do it your own way. Because you know more than the old folks. They've lost touch. No, it says, likewise, you younger people, submit yourselves to your elders. Yes, in case you old folks were uh, thinking y'all were off the hook. Yes, all of you be submissive to one another and be clothed with humility. For God resists the proud but gives grace to the humble. Therefore, humble yourselves in under the mighty hand of God and he will exalt you or give you honor in due time. There's a blessing attached to honor. When you choose to honor in faith those that have gone before you. Come on, there's the, those that have gone before us that deserve honor because they, they've, they've gone before us. They're, they've seen some things we haven't seen. They've walked through some things. And, and that doesn't mean they're perfect. But God says if you will choose to honor and submit yourself to them while you're younger, that God will actually cause that to exalt you in a due time. Amen. There's blessing attached to honor. Praise God. Um, you know, just in case you're wondering, you know, what does is, is this mean we just do whatever anybody tells us all the time? You know, God, does, God asks us to have unconditional honor and submission, but that doesn't mean unconditional obedience, right? If, if pastor was to get up and say, well, I want you all to divorce your wives and do this, we, we know he would never say that. But God would not require us to obey that, right? But he would require that we honor and have a, a heart of submission and say, Pastor, we love you, we honor you, but we don't feel like this is the word of God, right? What about your boss? If he tells you to do something wrong, well, I have a good friend who, who uh, doesn't go here, but he's a, he's a uh, loyal man of God. And, and he found out he was working for a company. He found out that he was actually making a phone call and lying to the insurance companies uh, for, because that was the procedure of his job. And he found out, you know, he'd been there a year and a half and found out he's a great employee, you know, just favor on him. And he found out, I'm calling and lying to these. We're saying we have this document and we actually, that document doesn't exist. So he put into his boss, he said, I need to see this, this document that you've been saying we have that I'm telling the insurance companies we have. And the, and the, the, the boss kind of said, yeah, yeah, we'll get it to you, we'll get it to you. And then finally he just put his foot down because he, he, he's a man of godly principles. He said, I need to see this thing. And so he, he said, well, you know what, we don't really have it. It's just kind of a gentleman's agreement type thing. And just keep doing your job and, 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 and it will be fine. And, and he just knew within in him, no, that's not right. It's not godly. And, but he honored his, he honored his bosses. And he, and he was, had a submissive heart to him, but he told him, I, listen, I want to do my job and I'll do it well. And I know it will take me extra time to do it this other way, but I promise I won't, I won't let the job slip. But I will not lie and say we have this document when we do not have it. I'm just giving you an example of, of being honorable and submissive, but not just willy-nilly obeying everything. You don't obey the things that are wrong, Right? 
God gives us that right. You know, you could look at Peter over in Acts chapter 4. The, they, the Sanhedrin called him in and said, and said hey, we, we don't want you preaching in the name of Jesus anymore. And he honored them. He said, he said leaders and elders and, 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 and those of authority, you know, he, he gave language that was very, very respectable and honorable to those people. But he said, whether it's true to obey you or, or obey God, you choose, but, but I'm going to obey God. And I've got to do this. I know, I know you have a place of authority. And I respect that, but but I've got to do what what God has said to do. I'm not going to quit preaching the gospel because you said he honored, he was submissive, but he had to obey what was right. And God gives us that freedom. So this, just a testimony. This this guy, he he did what was right, and he t- and he promised that it wouldn't it wouldn't affect the the job. And do you know what? He got a promotion. The thing that his boss was like, no, no, we can't do You have to do it this way. I will not do this. I, I will not lie, but I will do my job. He, he was honorable, and he, res- he, he respected him. And then the boss gave him, gave him uh, a promotion, and then he was going to move away. He needed to move away because God was calling him to a different place. And, but the boss wanted him so bad that he set up a system where, they could, where he could continue working for that company but remotely. God honored him because he stayed honorable in a time in a, in a time when it wasn't an honorable situation. But he honored the authority, but stayed true to what God godly principles and God honored him. Amen. Um, point number three. We'll try to wrap this up here quick. Guard your mouth about those in authority. I already kind of said this, but let's just get some scripture. Um, go back to Proverbs chapter four. It says, uh, we'll, go, we'll just start right here in verse 24 where it says, it says, put away from you a deceitful mouth. Do you know anything, the things that don't agree with God are deceitful? And put perverse lips far from you. Um, I just have this as, uh, as a point A here. Dishonor is rebelliousness against God's way. Rebelliousness always comes out as complaining. And that proves true. How many remember the children of Israel? Numbers chapter 12, Miriam and Aaron, they began to complain against Moses because he did something that wasn't necessarily honorable. And the Bible says clearly several times in those passages, God heard them. God heard them complaining, and they complained, and they complained, and then Miriam ended up with leprosy. I'm not saying God's going to strike you with leprosy. Somebody say, thank God. We're under a covenant of mercy and grace. But it doesn't take away the fact that we ought to watch our mouths about about what we're declaring because rebelliousness comes out as complaining. Over in Numbers chapter um, 11, uh, the the children of Israel were, were receiving manna from God. And they were receiving uh, provision from God, and the cloud was there, and the, and, the, and the fire was there. And yet they began to complain and rebel against God about the manna. And it says that God was angry with them. God was annoyed at them because he's providing for them, and yet they're, they're complaining about their leaders. They're complaining about provision. They're, what are they doing? They're rebelling against God. And rebellion always begins to come out as complaining. And so if you find yourself complaining about something or complaining about someone, you probably need to check up on your heart. Are you still willing and obedient? 
If you find your, if you find it easy to begin to complain about your pastors or complain about your 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 the body of Christ, the the your fellow members, you you find yourself it's just easy to complain about this thing and about that thing. Complain about the government. Complain about uh, politics. Complain. You need to check up on your rebelliousness. Are you rebelling against God's way? Are you rebelling against what He said? Check up and get back willing. Amen. Because God God is ordained life and death out of the tongue. Amen. And though. Those who love it, those who honor it, those who respect God's way of doing that, eat the fruit of it. Amen. What kind of fruit do you want to eat? What kind of fruit do you want to partake of? Amen. You got to watch your mouth. Amen. Uh, honor, but the response of honor comes out in prayer. Uh, 1 Timothy chapter 2. Turn over there real quick. I'm winding down. Somebody say, thank God. It says, therefore, chapter 2, verse 1, therefore I exhort... First of all, supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks. I'll tell you one thing. When you start supplicating, praying, interceding, and giving thanks for somebody, there is very little room for complaining. You don't got time to complain. (laughs) I'm just being serious. And here's the other thing. When you begin to supplicate, pray, make intercessions, and give thanks that, that, complaining, that complaining heart just begins to get switched. It gets to ter- begin to be turned over. You can't give thanks and complain about the same thing. You tap into the, what's really going on on the inside. Hallelujah. That's what we're talking about, tapping into who we really are. And so he says, therefore, I, I, for kings and for all who are in authority, amen, would that include uh, uh, the president? Would that include your pastor? Would that include your department head? Would that include your boss? Would that include your supervisor? Amen. All who are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and reverence. Amen. All godliness comes when we're doing these things, supplicating, praying, interceding, and giving thanks for those who are in authority. Amen. Hallelujah. That's the response of our mouths. Amen. And then this last point, and I'll just make this quick. Know that your, that your promotion and your reward are tied to the way you honor God and the authority that he's placed in your life. Your promotion and your reward. See, we got to know these things. Your promotion and your reward are tied to the way that you honor God and the authority he put in your life. Hallelujah. That means maybe your promotion at work hasn't come because you're in the back room talking about the supervisor. Yee. Come on, we can get caught up. In, well, yeah, he, man, yeah, he is kind of a jerk. He's, you know... You know, that Pastor Greg, he, you know, he really is, you know. <laughs> I won't, I'm not going to go there. I'm, see, I'm not even trying to fake go there. I'm watching my words. Um, hallelujah. Uh, know that you're, uh, turn over to Matthew chapter 10, verse 41, real, real quick. We're closing down here. This is an Anderson closing down here. Chapter uh, 10, verse 41, it says, He who receives a prophet in the name of a prophet shall receive a prophet's what? Reward. He who receives a righteous man in the name of a righteous man shall receive a righteous man's what? Reward. And who, who and whoever gives one of these little ones only a cup of cold water in the name of a disciple... 
Assuredly, I say to you, he shall by no means lose his what? Reward. There is reward in the way that we honor those in our life. This, this, this uh, segment here of scripture shows those that are in the ministry. There's honor and there's uh, the way we receive and honor those that are in ministry. We receive a reward not only from the gifting that's upon their lives, but there's also a reward from God for participating with things the way that he called us to participate with them. So you see, you receive double reward. Amen. There's, there's rewards on every turn when you do things God's way. And then it says if with a righteous man, that if you receive a righteous man, which just means a brother and sister in Christ, if you honor and, and receive a, a, a righteous man or woman, a brother and sister in Christ, that there's actually a reward from God for honoring one another, and there's the reward that what those people bring into your life. There's a, that's one of the reasons God calls us together, that call that we talked about, that call that we prayed about, that call that goes out and calls us together because there's a reward as we receive and honor one another. There's a reward from one another that you can't get anywhere else. There's a reward from relationships with brothers and sisters in Christ that you can't get anywhere else. The same way that you can't get the the rewards that you would get from a pastor anywhere else. There's this that's the same there's the same level there. And then I like this it says even if you give a cup of cold water or we could say if even if you give goldfish Come on, the nursery workers know what I'm talking about. To, to one of these little ones, in the name of a disciple, come on, the, you're raising up disciples in Christ. And God says there's actually a reward for honor. Come on, the nursery workers, come with me right here. I said there's actually a reward for honoring those, those ones, the little ones, that God says you will by no means lose your reward if you even offer a cold cup of water to one of these little ones in the name of a disciple. God is serious about the way we honor people. God is serious about the way we honor our leaders. He's serious about the way we honor our pastors. Ann and Kevin and Ann, uh, pastors, uh, Reverend Kevin and Ann and Duran are coming. He's serious though about the way we honor the um, uh, traveling ministers. He's serious. Man, I appreciate our pastors because they always honor traveling ministers as they come in. They treat them with high esteem and high respect. And that's one reason why we as a church receive so much from them is because our leaders esteem and, uh, and hold them in a high place. So before before they ever even get in the pulpit, they've received honor and they've received a place of high esteem. And so we receive high esteem through them by God. Amen. And God's serious about the way we honor our pastors and our leaders in church and our department heads. He's serious about that because there's a reward. See, he's in it for our good. He's in it for our reward. And there's a reward attached to even those that we serve, brothers and sisters in Christ, and the ones that we love and sacrifice for and lay our lives down for and there's a reward for the young ones that are coming up underneath us that we're raising up as a generation that knows God and that will walk in the fullness of God hallelujah there's a reward that we get to see them rise up and and do what they're called to do but there's also a reward in heaven glory to God there's gold and silver that is being stirred up every time you choose to come to church and honor the pastor and what he speaks and what he declares and take it as life and take it as good uh, feeding from the father is there's reward every time you go and serve in your department and honor your brothers and sisters and honor those that, that God has called you to. There's a reward every time that you that you serve in the nursery and you call up young ones into the things of God. There's a reward. Amen. There's a reward. God is looking to reward us. He's looking that we don't lose our reward. He's looking to take us into a place of greater effectiveness, greater reward, greater honor so that we can represent him well. Amen.
At Impact Family Church, it is our desire to see you blessed through the power of the Word of God. We have been helping people to change their world for over 25 years through our dynamic ministries and teaching. If you are going to be in the North Central Florida area and are interested in attending our services or just want more information about us, you can visit us online at www.impactfamilychurch.com.